2: Welcome to the family with our special guest.
1: I'm Ryan Sickler.
2: (laughs) Andy Brampernhardt.
3: And Cassie Schrader.
2: We'll be right back with... with,
1: He he looked like he was questioning himself. (laughs) I hear what you're doing over there with that wire music right there. I love this music. Sopranos. I mean, Sopranos. Sopranos. The Wire had great music. I'm, st- I'm stuck on The Wire. we'll, I got, we'll be
2: talking about The Wire. I want to talk to you about The Wire because, again, you're Baltimore. You I know. got my 410 uh, Wire shirt on. My favorite. David, uh, what the hell is his name? Simon. David Simon. There you go. What he did to the city of Baltimore was phenomenal. We'll be right back right after this. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Oh, you're in one of those moods? Yeah. You got the hillbilly mood going today. Hillbilly. You
1: can't go wrong with Tom Petty.
2: I do like Tom Petty. It's probably
1: true. I went, and uh am I allowed to jump in on that? Whatever you want to do. One of the best shows I ever saw. I uh, road tripped from L.A. to San Francisco, and I, I'm a big Hendrix super freak. Oh, I love God, all the love Bill Graham, and I always wanted to go to the Fillmore, and Petty was playing at the Fillmore, oh, and a God. friend of mine I was working with at the time was like, I'm getting tickets. Let's go. and It was just a... You know, that was a double for me, like Petty and the Fillmore, and it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was great.
0: You just have to push it hard; it gets it's stuck. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Don't
1: know what happened. Ryan, Ryan
0: enough with the black jokes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I'll stop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> JB is here, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Howdy,
2: JB. Not bad. How are you? we were just talking about different things, and Ryan was just talking
1: about. Uh,
2: but so you're a big Hendrix fan?
1: Huge. Henry I am fan. too. I love Jimi Hendrix.
2: As, I was very very lucky in 1967, I think his first album came out. I was 15 years old. A friend of mine got it for Christmas, hated it and sold it to me for 50 cents. Come on. It was wonderful. <laughs> Are you experienced for 50 cents?
1: That's a great. I made a trade one time for uh, ACDC Razor's Edge, which was Thunderstruck and all that, which yep. is f- which is good. It's, it's great good, stuff, yeah. but it was a trade for Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I was like, done. Stevie Here you Ray go. Vaughan's that phenomenal. was a great one. That's that a great baseball one. card trade right there. Mm-hmm.
2: I love Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, a terrible story.
1: You know, I was uh, what was I in eleventh grade, maybe seventeen, and when that happened, it 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 bothered me you know i don't even know. No, I know i'll never forget the behind the music where the i think it was the uh drummer said that a, a fan came up to him and said i didn't even know him but that day i cried and i had no idea who he yeah. even really was mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i felt that
2: it's because he was sick right he, uh, clapton gave him the helicopter because because he was sick
1: right? yeah it was that tour they or that yeah, festival they did the and festival, a few right. of them flew off and they lost uh, him and uh, some of clapton's bandmates too yeah, yeah. exactly
2: yeah, that was. Yeah, you were a great guitar player, I, just phenomenal. And we're we're talking about both Clapton and Stevie Ray Vaughan here, great guitar players. But yeah, that was a sad. You know, it's kind of been kind of weird. Literally every day for the past week, I found out that a lifelong friend of mine had died. Like five days in a row. For, so JB, how are you feeling?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. you, you look good. You, you look,
2: you look good. good,
1: man. You look healthy. What's that ring you're wearing here?
3: Um, it is a Big Ten championship Big, Who would you play with? Or I didn't. Coach? I was, I was an equipment person Okay. for 15 years, and I have 11 different ones. Do you? You yeah. have 11 rings. Yep. That's wow.
1: Crazy. All Big Ten rings? Yep,
3: all Big Ten. Any champions.
1: national championship rings?
3: No, I came. You didn't get one for golf? This is golf, right? That's the only well, one I won. It was I a was. national championship. No, I missed it by a year. Did you really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought you were there. <laughs> no. Missed that one by a year or two. What no? school?
1: University or schools, of Minnesota. All University of Minnesota? Yep. Wow. All
3: right. Yeah, they were. Um,
1: Got a champion in the building, y'all.
3: Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's, um, last year, the men's gymnastics team finished second. Yeah, yep.
2: Nationally. Nationally, yep. Wow. that. Would That's have
3: great. been my national championship. Oh, okay.
2: uh, Baseball is never going to win another championship because the Southern teams can play year round, so they got right. no chance.
1: But I wrestled in high school. You guys had a great wrestling program. Oh, yeah. Yes, we, oh, no yeah. national. Well, I guess the, no team. Did they? It wasn't do it? my team at the ah, time. Ah, gotcha. All
3: it right. was weird. Um, my mentor had the, the last time they won a the national championship, and he didn't know that at the time that if we if one of the teams won a national championship. The equipment person got a bonus, along with the coaching staff, uh, and he got a five thousand dollar check, and he didn't know what it was for. He thought I, he, he thought people were somebody was screwing <laughs> with him.
2: That's not too bad. No, let's just tell Ryan. Oh, Ryan JB JB Ryan. Um, I was uh, we were just talking about the wire, mm-hmm. and David Simon. I got a call. Many, many years ago, David Simon was in town for some reason. And they called and said, there's a, an Italian restaurant in Tonka uh, named Bar La Grassa. And he wanted to go there. He had heard all about it, and he wanted to go there, but he couldn't get in. So they called me and said, could you get David into Bar La Grassa? I said, yeah, no problem. I never never heard from him or anything like that, but I did hear the story that he told. He said that the mayor of Baltimore called him, this is many years ago, and said...
1: A uh, Kurt Schmoke?
2: I think so. He said, you can't shoot the wire in Baltimore anymore. You're making the city of Baltimore look really bad, and you can't do it anymore. And he goes, okay. He goes, all right, so you understand you're not going to shoot it here anymore. he goes, yeah, I'll shoot it somewhere else. But you do have to understand, Mr. Mayor, that even if I shoot it in New Jersey... This, the TV show's still going to say it's Baltimore.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, of course it <laughs> is. Doesn't
4: it doesn't matter. matter where you say so, it. So yeah, is. do you
1: want the tax money or right. not? Yeah, do You want the money, yeah. or do you want nothing? <laughs> and it's still uh. going
2: to be Baltimore. I thought that was a great. Did move. they end up that shooting it is. in Baltimore? Yep. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I
1: mean, they did. So he's part of uh, HBO did a mini series called The Corner. Uh, that had uh rock remember rock from the sitcom rock mm-hmm. you remember oh, yeah, Charles yep. Dutton he yep. he went he was in there oh, God, yeah. he narrated and it was a just a mini series that I believe was based off the book that that David Simon and Ed burns had taken a year of their life to live I may have this a little loosely uh, but they took a year of their life and lived in these. You know, burned down row homes and everything with these drug addicts. Learned how they lived, how they worked, and everything. Then that little mini series called The Corner spins off. Then you also have Homicide, Life on the Street right. that I think he worked on. And then he went on to The Wire, and I just love him. So then it was like Generation Kill. I really love Treme too. I know it's not a lot of people really like Treme, but. It was the musicians coming back to New right. Orleans after right. Katrina, and it just reminded me of of comedians, like what we would do if something like that happened, where right. we go for our outlet to make people laugh and everything. So I really was into that, yeah.
2: Yeah, it makes total sense. How did he get, you know, and I'm not going like to spend all your time talking about The Wire, but how, he put together a cast that was unbelievable. Man. Most of them had never even been heard of That's before. That's right. But he found him, and I don't know how the hell he pulled it off, but my God, he found some great talent.
1: He did, and not only that, he keeps using them after that, too. He's loyal to a handful of those people that just are great for roles. And I don't know how he found them, man, but he's got an eye for it, and he's he spot does. on. And some of those people are British. That's the yeah, other thing. The, McNulty's uh, British. I think he's British. Uh, the guy that plays McNulty, mm-hmm. and well, well,
2: McNulty's—he uh, he just started in Les Miserables, I believe.
1: Yeah, so yeah, he He, did. he yep. discovered a lot of talent on that. I mean, we say discovered. He gave him their shot. You know, these yeah, people were yeah, working okay. for a while, obviously, like you say, and hadn't hadn't really popped. But Dominic West—that's a guy's name. Yeah, McNulty. Dominic Great. West, yeah great cast and I'm t- I am was just talking to uh, some people this morning about it. like if you watch The Wire and they tell you how to get somewhere that's exactly how you get there mm-hmm. it is it is street for really? street turn really? for turn everything it's it's it is legit, and I don't know if this is true. I, I have to. I should just look it up. We're in the Internet age. But uh, somebody told me that it's really big in Europe now, the wire, and yeah. that Europeans are coming over and doing their own wire tours, but getting mugged and <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, and yeah, you same, yeah, you don't want to be doing it. Yeah, you don't want to be doing your own It's authentic tour. as a kid. like you do not want to even be cut. You don't even need to be cutting through those neighborhoods, let alone doing no. a tour, man.
4: They actually do that. They go do their own
1: tour. I, I've been told that a couple times from oh. people back there, and I was like, you got to be. But here's, this, is, this is how tough the city is. So I was back doing a show in November, um, and I was like, where is the, the bike share program and all that? And they're like, oh, you, you don't know about the bike share program? So they had the bike share program, and they stole all the bikes, yeah. Oh, yeah. every bike and yep. it's the only city in the they said the world that does the bike share program where they stole all the bikes. So then they created this thing called the Baltimore lock. And that did not work either and they stole all the bikes again. <laughs> so two rounds of bike share all the bikes are gone. And then the move is uh, for the lime scooters and the birds and stuff. Oh, as you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yep. putting by, they'll shove you off of it, and they'll just ride it until yep. you turn the thing off. And then they dump them in the harbor, and that's that's what's going on with the bike share and, and the scooters. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a tough city. There's no doubt about it being a tough city. Well,
3: when they first did it here, they stole all of them. They did? Just over the north side. <laughs> no, all of them, period. But then that's when Blue Cross moved in.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh, Blue, Blue Cross moved in. Now you have to swipe a credit card in
2: it. Otherwise,
1: you don't get it.
3: Right.
2: Oh,
1: before it was just you could ride it without right. paying or anything? I mean, there were
3: literally bikes on the street corners. Yeah, there was. Yeah.
1: Uh, That's how it is in L.A. You see, you'll see, you see 15 bird scooters lined up out in front of a restaurant so you can just yeah, get yeah. on it and go, you know.
2: What's so wonderful about that, that, that ride share or bike share, whatever the hell it was called, where I grew up in the inner city over in North Minneapolis... It was North Commons Park was where we all played, right? Um, not the calmest, not the calmest na- neighborhood in the world. I will say that. Uh, so I drove by one day on Golden Valley Road. I'm driving by and go, what the hell is that? Oh, it's a bike rack with about twenty bikes in it. And I'm like, what is that all about? And I looked and it said, some bike share or whatever. Went by a week later, there were no bikes in the bike rack, none. Then I went by a week after that, and there was police tape around the bike rack <laughs> with, with no bikes in it. And I came by a week after that, and the bike rack was gone. <clears throat> the bike
1: rack gone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I live. Police tape around a bike rack. <laughs> There's
1: this uh, group in Baltimore. They're a street group called the 12 O'Clock Boys. And you can look them up online. It's it's. It's pretty it's pretty fucking impressive. First of all, they ride ATVs, dirt bikes, things like that. They steal them from out in the county, they bring them to the city. But they get so fucking good at riding these things that yeah. they're like X Game. or speaking of X Games, you have it in town right now. Mm-hmm. They're uh they ride these things and they're doing wheelies. I mean, they're really good at, you know, being uh daredevils on these things. Oh, well, man. There's a no chase law now with the police. They have a policy because I, something happened where I think a cop was chasing a kid. Maybe the kid died, or, or some innocent per- bystander was involved as well. So there's a no chase law. So they'll you'll see it in the video. They pull right up next to the cop car and, a, and the cop will throw the lights on and they just take off because they can split the lanes on dirt bikes. Cops yeah, can't chase yeah, them, yeah. but they are not allowed to chase them. So you'll see in the video like they'll ride through the parks. But the first time I saw it in person. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, and there's a, just a group of like 30 of these dudes rolling through. And, and you're seeing the headlights go all over the place. You don't know what, they, but they're doing We, I mean, they're hanging off the back, standing right, on the right. back. They're shirtless. Like, yep. they're, they're really good at what they do. So there's a lot of underground guys that, that ride that apparently know about them, the 12 o'clock boys. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting going on there.
2: It amazes me, that because right now in the state of Minnesota, we have a hands-free law.
1: I just read that in your right. paper. It to yep. started today, right? Started yesterday, yesterday, yeah. yesterday,
2: started yesterday. And we had many truck drivers calling the show this morning. Said everybody's still talking under. They mind. see all of it. Mm-hmm. They see all of
1: it. Everyone's exactly. heads down. Yeah.
2: Everyone's heads down. I don't understand why it is. Why can't people just follow the rules? Why is it so hard? I don't get it.
1: It's a. It's a. You know, I read that the whole process of pulling down and refreshing Mm -hmm. is linked back to slot machines, the rolling of that, 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 and you get addicted to that. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, that has people dialed in. Uh, hmm. but we are too connected. Remember we remember are. when you used to go to work and you didn't you couldn't find out an answer from somebody until they got home right. or or you, that, you, yeah, you say right. call me tonight at 7. You had to sit right near the phone hmm. to get that call. Now you can you can reach somebody on the toilet in the air. I mean we're <laughs> on the toilet <laughs> yeah. in the air. You wherever, you wherever you wherever you want, you can get a hold of somebody now. It's a little bit uh invasive, I feel like. Yeah.
3: It pull, is invasive. That's they pulled this they showed it on the news last night. One of the first people pulled over. They pulled over this yeah, woman. Yeah, and she admitted. She goes, "Yeah, I was texting somebody about the hands-free law. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true." And then, then she called <laughs> her about. It. Oh my god! She texted her about the hands-free law, and then called her to tell her about it. Hey,
1: do you know we're not supposed to do this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like,
2: my God! Seriously, what the hell are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's but, that, you know, again, I, I grew up in a really pretty tough neighborhood, you know, the whole deal. But you still understood, as long as you follow the rules, you do whatever you want to do. I don't care about the rest of it, but you got to follow the letter of the law, and that's just how it is. No, I never got, you know, I was never much of a jaywalker anyway, because I don't want to get run over by a car. <laughs> I got no interest in that. i just not much of a lawbreaker, but... I don't understand why they just—they told you three months ago yeah. to not be on your phone. But oh, they gave
1: you a three-month heads up. Three months. Up. Oh. I'll be honest. I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a federal. I thought this was. That's
2: what I thought too.
1: I thought it was everywhere already. Yep. When I saw that in the paper yesterday, I was like, "That's just getting here now." I, I didn't know that. So Minnesota's up until only
0: still in the process of making DUIs actually illegal. So. That's right.
1: I didn't. I had no idea. So up until literally Wednesday. They weren't enforcing people no. texting that's and correct. driving. Yep, wow. I had correct. no idea.
3: I mean, yeah. they literally had to catch you like weaving through. Right. Which they always did anyway. And pull you oh. over and say, and go through the whole thing. Are you drunk? This, that, and the right. other. Mm-hmm. And then. You're like, no, I'm just, just trying to text, text my girlfriend right. what I want for lunch. <laughs>
2: we'll take a very quick break. When I come back, I want to ask you about, did you drive a lot? A ton. I suppose in Los Angeles. You live in Los Angeles. I
1: drive a lot, but I started driving at 14 in a junkyard where I worked. We can talk about all of it.
2: All right, we'll be right back (laughs) after this with the family. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
0: Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: We are back with family, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan just told us. you Are you an identical twin?
1: I'm a fraternal twin. Fraternal twin. Yeah, I'm my twin brother's four minutes older than me.
2: Four minutes. Doesn't look anything like
1: you. Nothing. Tall and skinny. I got the good looks and the nice voice. (laughs) (laughs) He got the genes. (laughs) He got the genes. So what does he do? He uh, manages a junkyard, a recycling uh, place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, In Delaware. So you know when uh, you see those 18-wheelers go down the road with all the crushed cars and all that? He does that. All the, you know, since... Since we've been kids, our, our great family friend and, and my buddy, Shannon Patterson, he still he owns a junkyard in Baltimore City today. Um, his dad was in the business. And so at 14, we started. Well, actually, in seventh grade, we started working for him and we would just go up. And it was funny to us because he's like, you're going to clean up the junkyard. and we were like, that's that's an oxymoron. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but what he had us do back in the day was get all the aluminum scrap and we would put it into a dumpster and then they would melt it. Into these uh, little pallets, and then they would ship it off and sell it to everywhere. Egypt, God, we had guys coming in from all over the place, and uh, Guatemala. They would come and buy really? these things. Oh, they would buy them up and really? then snatch them up. So, my brother, I'll still he's he runs it, but you know, you're you're talking about working with a group of people that didn't get past seventh and eighth grade. This no no lie like I, I learned what cocaine was at the junkyard. Like this guy would come in all hungover and he would go away for ten minutes. He'd come out and kick that door. I'm like whoa, and I was like oh all right, that's what cocaine does at nine in the morning. Yeah, but uh, at fourteen we all would have our own yard car, and it was a it was b- acres. You know, it was big. It had lanes and everything, and it was all stacked on each. And and it was all up here. He had it all up in his head. And he would say, like a customer would come in and say, I just need a, I need a mirror for an 87 Chevette passenger side. He'd be like, Ryan, drive up the hill, go to aisle three, halfway down on the left-hand side, get that mirror, bring it down to this guy. And his son has done, you know, taking it into this era with inventory and computers and, you know, everything. But, yeah, I started driving at 14 then. And uh, I've just, I love to drive. It's one of the things, even if I was super rich, I still wouldn't have a driver. I like driving. Yeah, I I, even if I'm I sitting agree. in traffic, I'd rather be behind the wheel than mm-hmm. sitting next to somebody or in the back seat.
2: I agree with yeah. that completely. I do not like... First of all, I don't like riding in the back seat, of anything. Even if it is a limousine, I don't yeah. care for that. So a lot of times we get limousines, you know, I would sit in up front with the driver. <laughs> I don't know. What?
0: One of our listeners wants to know if you're familiar with a bar called Hammerjacks. Jacks. Of course. The old warehouse there go, am I familiar oh, there with Hammer Jacks.
1: Oh, Let me tell you about four. Hammer <laughs> One of the biggest fights in the history of uh, Hammerjacks was House of Pain. House of Pain came there, and the Baltimoreans or Baltimoreans were not (laughs) feeling it, and they had a free-for-all in Hammerjacks. I used to go see great shows there at Hammerjacks, and then they shut it down and reopened it in another location, and I think now it's gone, though. But, yeah, Hammerjacks was a staple in Baltimore for a long time.
2: So just a big place to go drink and fight? No, it was
1: a rock, it was a music venue. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And you had big acts would come through, but it was and and it was a local band. This your listener will probably definitely know. They were from Hagerstown called Kicks. And uh they had a they had a little notoriety for a bit in the eighties and maybe early nineties, uh, Don't Close Your Eyes, songs like that. But they were a local Baltimore band that would come down there and just that was hair band days, you know. Oh yeah. yeah. Come and rock out in there. Uh, but going back to driving, I wanted to tell you this real quick. So when I turned 16, all you want to do is drive. That's all you want to mm-hmm. do. And I used to go, my buddy's dad owned the junkyard, I'd be like, come on, we're going to go out here to the store. Customers got a car there. We just bought it from them. You're going to drive it back. And I was like, awesome. All I care about is driving. Mm-hmm. So I get in. Keys are up in the visor. Just dr- follow me back to the yard. I would drive back, loving it. And I would keep doing this. And then about the fifth time, I'm like, why the fuck are the keys always in these cars? <laughs> and that's when I realized what we were doing. I'm yeah. driving stolen cars yeah. that are, we are scrapping and sending off and melting down, and then they reported as stolen to their insurance company, oh, and I'm God. driving all these cars. But even, I still didn't care. You know? I was like, oh, my God, I get to drive, and I'm driving something new every time, too. You know?
2: Yeah, that's true. And you're only 16?
1: At that time, I was how 16. How far would
2: you have to go, like the furthest way to get a car?
1: Five miles. Also, it
2: was all in the same area. All
1: in the same area. It was always that that lot. That was like you <laughs> drop it in this lot, we'll come get it in I this see, lot, okay. bring it back. Yeah.
2: So it was predetermined all way. Very
1: away. predetermined. Now they put serial numbers on every part of the car. They didn't used to have that yep, uh, VIN yep. number, I mean, VIN, VIN number. number yeah. They didn't used to have that on. I mean, it's on all your wheel, your fenders, well, your quarter panels, you know, yeah, it's really? stamped, it's stamped on everything now. So I we used to be that. able to scratch them off, or swap that part out, or something like that. Melt them down and ship them off. My brother, he's still. When I call him, sometimes I hear him grunt. I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm up in Jersey to old, and he, he'll go uh, cut apart the old Amtrak trains, mm-hmm. oh, and wow. then they bring those down and melt them." And I, it's still very primitive. Like it's a, it looks, it's not not a lot. It's a dumpster, and it's got a funnel coming out of it, a tray, and it just goes into this pan that is you know, it's lava. It is lava coming out of it. And then it cools and then they stack them. And then that's all and They go sell. But I was like, man, you could, you could trip, you know, that step you take when you trip and put your foot Mm -hmm. right in this. He's like a guy uh, did. I was like, what? I go, what happened to him? I was like, did he die? He's like, no, what actually happened was it, you know, it's, First of all, it just—it's lava. Eat your yeah. leg. It's gone, but it cauterizes yeah, right away. No, so you, don't, you end don't end up bleeding. It I mean, you wow. don't end up bleeding out, but it—it it seals it over. But I mean, it's excruciating, oh, and then you got to go to the hospital, and you just oh, lost your man. damn leg.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked in a, in a uh, what the hell are they called? The, the uh, where they melt metal and a smelter. No, new... nah, it's not a smelter. It's ah, Christ, I can't even remember, but. I learned right away these huge pots of molten yes. iron would come through. Yep. Like over your head, by the way. Yeah,
1: like the kettles. The yeah. kettles, yeah, yeah. The kettles would come by. What
2: the hell are those places called again?
1: Uh, well, I know, ah. like my grandfather worked at Bethlehem Steel. I know these. Yeah, Bethlehem Steel. Yeah. Going.
2: But I did and I don't know why this is true, but my first day the guy comes up to me and goes, kid, you see those iron scraps on the floor? And I said, yeah. And he goes, do not throw the, those in the kettle. Because I know you think they're going to melt. They do not melt. And I don't know why that. Why is that? I don't know. Because they said if you pick up like these chunks of metal that would you know fall off of different things and throw them in there, you would think they'd melt, but they do not melt. And I, why? How can anybody explain that?
0: Well, if the molten uh, metal is iron and the scraps are steel, then they wouldn't melt. Oh, I suppose steel has a high melting point.
2: So the iron doesn't get hot. Oh, I see what you're saying. So that metal doesn't get hot enough to melt the, steel.
1: It just becomes super hot balls of Yep, metal exactly.
0: Falling on your face. <laughs> well, Yeah, those, those places only heat the metal up just enough to melt it because otherwise they're wasting energy. So, you know. I'm doing my job the very
2: first day too, and I'm standing like where J B is now and I'm the other guy. And he looks down at me, and goes, Headache. I'm like, What? He goes, Duck your head. Thing went right over the top oh, of my head, the man. bucket did. They would just yell, headache. <laughs> <laughs> you better no, duck, brother. No
1: hard hat, no <laughs> no, Yeah, no, no, I know, no. I know. There's no safety. Yeah, yeah. Back in those days, there were
2: none at all. But oh, a foundry? Foundry, there, there you there go. You That's go. exactly what was a foundry. It was over just out Hold by done. the University of Minnesota on uh, you know, Hennepin Avenue over there by 280. Oh, yeah. It was right over in that, probably about a mile west of there. Well, man, those guys are some rough-and-tumble guys. Mm-hmm. They are. They drink like us. Yes. A... And
1: hands like leather, yeah, just right. big, callous, <laughs> leather hands. Alone, yeah. just, yeah. yeah.
2: I would imagine that's true. But, you know, I think that's probably good for you as a kid to go through those things.
1: I loved it. I mean, I got an education, a street education in that junkyard that I didn't have anywhere. I, I'll tell this story on stage about... Uh, so one of my when when I did become 16 I started delivering for him and mm-hmm. I would drop motors off and transmissions and stuff and one of my jobs was to go downtown and pick up this older black dude named meso and this guy was a specialist and what he would do was roll back odometers he was he was an expert okay this is we're talking about what am I 83 89 early 90s he would I would bring him out and this dude, remember back when the dashboards became digital, but they were green? It looked like an alarm clock. Yeah, remember yep, those? Yep. He could roll those back. He could roll the manual back and all that shit. And he was just fantastic at that. So, I mean, junkyards are obviously shady businesses. But we also would have <laughs> would have the local Chevy dealer come in. And if they all, all the time, and they would go check a car out. And if that part was fine, they would take that part, go put it on your car, charge you for, you know, they clean it up, whatever, and boom, put that on and go. Because, you know, when you wreck a car, there's still good parts on it. A lot of times the rims are still good, you know, all that. So that was a big business back then, parting it all out.
2: Isn't it amazing that there's probably not a business that's not filthy? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there's not one. I don't think there's not any one. such business. <laughs> not as one. Not filled. No. You name it. It's definitely crooked. Well, it is. And
2: yeah. I, why do you think that, Why is it inherent in human beings to be crooked? It's it, see me personally. I could not sleep at night if I stole money from people. I could not do. It's just I don't know. It's because of my mother or something.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't have that on my conscience knowing I stole from people. I used to know these dudes that worked at a landscaping business in Maryland, and this poor dude is the the older dude that was deaf, and they would go back at night because he couldn't hear a damn thing. This was before – cameras and, you know, all this stuff. And they would just rob this dude blind. I mean, they would go take cash out of his place all the time. Oh, like, how do you live with yourself? Yeah. Damn. And then he hit me up years later on uh, social media. I was like, hey, man, you still stealing from people? And he's like, hey, don't put that on my work. I was like, good. Probably stealing from them, too. <laughs> You're probably
2: stealing from them, too. Yeah, he was probably pretty happy you put yeah. that on. His, yeah, I would imagine he's not too happy with that at all. But, yeah, I just... Here's what I don't understand about that whole thing, not necessarily in the business you're talking about, but other businesses, you could either steal money over a short period of time, or if you just did your job, you'd make more money, Mm -hmm. but they just won't do that, and I don't understand. If you actually did your job, you would make more money, but... You just don't, you won't do it. It's
1: It's probably the shortcut mentality. You know what I mean? The quicker, easier thing. If you put in the time and the work in the long run, it's worth more. But everybody wants that instant gratification. I want it right now. I want that text right now. I can't wait five minutes to pull over or Mm -hmm. get to where I'm going. I got to do this right Mm -hmm. now. Right. Um, And I worked at UPS in Baltimore. Shout out to UPS, Baltimore Hub, Primary 1, Joe Avenue. That's where I put myself (laughs) through college. And watching people steal there, I was so – I would work with the guy for loss prevention. And I was – he's trying to catch these people, but I was like – I was fascinated by the criminal mind. I love how they would do things. And these guys would do stuff like – I was supervising. By the end of the night, you would watch him. He, they, this dude, would put a little lipstick camera in a in a post, and he'd be like, "Come up here to the office." And we'd watch guys, and they would slowly kick a package from the back of the the trailer to the front, and then they would kick it outside because you're responsible for any of the little packages to fall outside your trailer. You're responsible for going out after you're done unloading that trailer and then throwing them up on the belt. Right, right. But they would see a pair of Timberlands or Nikes or CDs was a good one. I'll tell you about, but. That was back when CDs were a thing, yeah. And um, they would kick these packages out because they were shoes that they wanted. And then at this is the very end of the night, so they're about to clean up and get out of there. And they would go out, take their old shoes, lace them up together, and they would throw them up on the rooftop, and then put these shoes on and walk out. Mm. And this one dude, I will never forget. It was a pair of baby Carolina Blue Timberlands, and he <laughs> stole them. We they caught him red-handed, and uh. but but he got out off the property with him. So now they're his property. And I didn't know this at all, but they could not um, get him for it because they didn't get him when he was on the property. And when he came back to get his check, he wore those fucking Timberwolves. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? sure as fuck did. He they were so mad. They're like, this motherfucker wore the timberless. God damn <laughs> Because Timberland would hit you up and go, hey, you know, we're Timberland, but we got a pair of size 12 Nikes in this. Use Nikes in this box. Like, all right, then we got to go back to the trailer. But back yeah, when that CDs, that whole CD group was a thing, everyone was stealing them. Everybody was taking them. So they put a die pack in one one time. Really? And Baltimore summers are hot and humid. It's already 100 degrees. In that trailer, it's another 10, 15 degrees mm-hmm. hotter. So you're sweating your ass mm-hmm. off. And one dude popped one open, and it blew up. It was purple. He looked like grimace. <laughs> it was all over. But the first thing you do is panic, right. and you st- and then when you wipe it, it smears yeah. worse. So it's all over both. And only one of the guys was guilty. The other dude was just doing his job, but it mm-hmm. blew so big, it was all over him too. So. I remember them coming up in the office and walking by, and I just looked over. I was laughing so fucking hard. He's like, you not fucking funny. I was like, it is actually really actually fucking funny. It's really funny. It's really that, funny it's that that, that, that just happened to you, dude.
2: It is true. We'll take a break. Be right back more with Ryan Sickler. He is at a Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, 7.30 9.45. Tomorrow at 7 and 9.30. Right back with the family. That's pretty good, don't you think, Andy, that I figured out the time to break?
0: Well, (laughs) 15 times two? (laughs) No, but then you have plus two. Plus two minutes, I suppose. Don't start with me
2: on that now. I was coming across (laughs) as a genius there for a second. (laughs) Well, maybe not a genius. (coughs) What does Baltimore think about this whole deal with Elijah Cumming and and Donald Trump?
1: Baltimore loves Baltimore. You know, Baltimore doesn't. Right. It's one of those things. This is. No one else can talk bad about your kids except for you. That's it. That's all it is. You know, if you're from Baltimore, you you love Baltimore. And it will Mm -hmm. always be, even if you don't live there, it will always be home for me, you know. So it's it's somebody shitting on your kid and you don't like it. You're like, I'll say my kid's dumb. You don't get to say that.
2: Yeah, I understand it. But don't you think Elijah also, look, I'm not taking sides in this thing at all because I don't like either one of those guys, to tell you the truth. But Elijah Cummings... You should probably do a little more for the town, don't you think?
1: I think everybody I should do a little more for the town. We've had crooked mayors, uh, we've had crooked right. everything. It's not. Yep. I wouldn't put it on one person. Everybody, and also the people of Baltimore should do more for Baltimore as well. You know, right. the police force right. should do more for Baltimore. Everybody, yep. but that's Detroit, Chicago, Louis. New York, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you downtown insert me yes, downtown. You oh, insert yeah. city here. Every town's got its problem. New Orleans. Every town's got its problems, but. Uh, You know, I don't know. It's unfortunate. It's kind of fucking stupid and childish and it's an you're the president. It's an American city. It's one of your children. No, you're you're right. You know
3: like help it. Help it. Don't expose it. Help it.
2: Well they did give sixteen billion dollars to him last year, so that was pretty good. Did they? $16 $16 yeah. billion dollars in one year. Yeah, and exactly it right. all disappeared. And the, <laughs> and, into no, the, bike no, no, <laughs> <And> <laughs> the bike share program. Yeah, they put $16 billion in the bike share program. That's exactly right. Just
3: taped it to the bikes. And it just...
2: <laughs> you know what I love is this whole Minnesota nice thing. I was talking about Minnesota nice. I was born here, raised here, didn't always live here, but moved back. Um, love half the people. The other half of the people are the biggest backstabbing pukes on earth. The Minnesota nice does not exist.
1: Well, also what doesn't exist so far, I haven't heard any of that fucking accent in Fargo or any of that oh, stuff. Oh, it's, did you leave town? Where do you have to go for that? I out haven't out heard one person sound like yeah, that. Out of the city. Like more in rural yeah. areas?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan, when I was, until I was like four years old, again, I grew up in the inner city, so nobody talked like that. And I went to the store with my mother, four or five years old, something like that, down to the department store. And I could not understand what people were saying.
1: Uh, yeah, but, went, oh, yeah, you, know, you yeah. know, it's so. What is it? It's it's like Hell. Canadian coming over, isn't it? A like little bit of a mix of all that Scandinavian,
2: yeah. Canadian. I, I don't know, criminal.
1: I mean, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore's got its own accent too. The way a hardcore Baltimore like it blew me away when I moved to California and everybody kept saying I sounded southern. I'm like, what are you talking about? I sound no, just to like them, you. You would. I don't they have would. an accent, but they're like, yeah. And I listen. I've been in L.A. now coming up on 20 years, and I still get it once a week. Where are you from? you from yeah. the South? Texas? I'm yeah, like, you've never, been to the, you've never been to the true South if you think I sound well, like I'm true. Southern. You know, you've know you never been to an Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, if you think I sound like I'm from the South. But I had to accept it. I definitely have an accent, only because so many people have said that. But a real Baltimore accent, like you swallow your L's, you drag. ham. E.T. phone home. <laughs> We're going to go. We're, my son's in college right now. I think college. I'm to eat And then you put an N on stuff. now. He's gone right now. You drop the T.H. on things. Like it's is and at. It's every. And my buddy, dropped, he puts a K on the end of everything. And it makes me laugh. So he's like, you tell on everything we do. I'm like, where the fuck are you getting a K on the end of that? It's a very weird, almost like twisted Cockney accent. Yeah. that has been around since you know forefathers came over from wherever the hell they came from and just melted it all together
2: isn't there an is it off of maryland there's an island off of maryland or maybe ah oh god i can't remember the name but it's sinking now unfortunately
1: i'm not oh, yeah. is
2: it chesapeake bay is it, I can't remember where it is,
0: but it literally has been around forever. There's
1: like Assateague and Chincoteague, and all these it's little islands like down that. there toward it's the. It's a
0: population uh, of like 50, 60 people, yeah, and they all have many. this accent you that cannot, doesn't exist outside. I want to know what it is. It oh, the accent only is
2: on that island. Really, it's. Totally different. Uh, nice. Tangier. Tangier. Oh, Tangier, Tangier Island. You sure, Tangier yeah. Island, I
0: didn't yeah. know that about that. Yep. That's only an accent on there. <laughs>
2: yep, and it's sinking. It'll be gone. What they say, I any mean, about twenty years are gonna be gone.
0: Let's see. Well, I mean, they say a lot of things are gonna be gone. Yeah, they in 20 interviewed years. some
1: people about that. So, what do
2: you think? You might be gone in twenty years. They're like, sound <laughs>
1: <laughs> like they're drowning underwater <laughs> <Exactly>. right now. <laughs> it's
2: not like you're already drowning, pal. <laughs> Like, what the
0: hell? That is weird. The problem I, with Tangier is it's all sandy. It is sandy, So every yeah. time a wave comes in, some of that sand goes Roads, out yeah. and, you know.
2: No way people love that island, though. The people that live there are just really sad because it's, it's going to be gone.
1: It's Maryland's a very interesting state because you go from mountains in western Maryland <clears throat> right. to suburbs in Baltimore City, central Maryland, and then once you cross the Chesapeake, there's a whole different kind of redneck. They call it the Eastern Shore, yeah, and it's everything from the Chesapeake East to all the way to the Atlantic. And man, there's a different kind of redneck in that little pocket in Virginia, right in that Chesapeake area. You get a real Southern accent, like some pockets of Indiana have that Southern accent too, mm-hmm. like the Kentucky mm-hmm. area, yep. and like near that area, yep. where you know you don't get it in other parts of the state. But uh, one of the things I remember being a kid was uh, that is an Assateague Island I mentioned and. There are these wild ponies that they herd and they swim across yep. the body of water every year. It's fucking wild, man. Really? It's, they just roam wild out there. They don't bother anybody, really. And then they do this swimming thing. And you, I've never seen anywhere else have I ever seen horses. I've seen them cross some water and rivers yeah, and shit, but yeah. these are up to their damn necks yeah, swimming swim. across.
2: And why do they do it?
1: I, I just looked it up recently because I was a kid when I saw it a bunch, and yeah. I didn't know why. They, I didn't know if the horses did it themselves, but I think these guys actually herd them together and send them across, but I can't remember why they do. I don't know if they, what it is they do. I don't know if there's something with the, the the land, and they get them across one, and they bring them back. I'm not sure why, to be honest.
0: Well, let's see. Why don't you, I think yeah. I got oh, the man, Tangier I, accent here while we, oh, got let's it. Here. While we, we look, look here, I'll, I'll see if I can well, understand what they're saying. Outsiders. I
1: can hire him in your Saturday night.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: The right. kid drove his mom out. Kid drove his mom
0: out
3: to her Saturday night. That sounds like <laughs> Mr. Mackey on his <laughs> <NASA. laughs> That is
1: tough to understand. Yeah. Just say, "Look, man, I just want some steam crabs. That's all you got to fucking tell those <laughs> yeah, people, exactly. and you'll get along just fine." You get along,
2: but I wonder where that came from. Do they know where it came from? It? But see, what I'm, been...
1: I'm, what I'm hearing there is, Baltimore is definitely that dial back. I, oh, I yeah, okay. yeah, I'll all bet right. you everybody sounded like that when they first yeah, got there, and then they yeah, dialed maybe. it back. You know,
0: uh, they think that it's basically. 400 years ago, English people moved there, and then their accent just mutated I over agree. time. That's why I say it sounds like a Cockney, Yeah, like, no, you are right. You
1: know, shithole, mess.
0: <laughs> the uh, shithole accent. Yeah, so yeah. the shithole
2: accent, and I'll work on the end. JB, I did love the fact that back in the day, black people invented their own accent so white people wouldn't know what the hell they were talking about. Yeah, Jive? I,
0: jive. 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 It was called, yeah, it was mm-hmm.
2: called Jive back then. And, well, I suppose it still is called job, but mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that they would talk to one of them and be like, what the hell are you doing? T- what are you saying?
1: I mean, I can't. That I really thought I would get it. I heard Saturday night. It you sounded can, like he said his kid and his, his, yeah. the kid drove his mom or something. That, that's all I got out of that entire thing. Could you play it once more? And play then, it yeah, again. It happened,
2: I, have, I love uh, the sound of that.
0: I can. I was looking up the ponies. <laughs> oh. The swimming ponies. And, yes, they do have an annual pony swim. In June.
1: Is it just for sport? They just gather them so I you think can so, watch yeah. them? Yeah.
0: All right. Very old fashioned outsiders. Kayak
4: and Hayam in your
1: Saturday night. Saturday
4: night. And kid drove his
1: mom out. Kid drove
4: his mom out. I had to get out, high. Cold I had
1: get out on with, my
0: Cold on and out the all day. Cashing Eight out day all Congress. day. She said, it's a Jack. I said, There's that, mom?
1: <laughs> and then he they laughed. They got exactly what right he said. Right like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> They sound like they're making fun of someone. Like, yeah. an, they're making fun of an accent, but... No, so only sixty people
1: know what the fuck they're talking yeah, about. <laughs> Apparently, that's they can, it. They can have it.
0: I wonder if they do that so nobody can understand what
2: they're talking about. Maybe It's like none of your business what we're talking about. But
1: see, even like people that know that region well, some people have said, "Are you from Philadelphia?" And I'm like, "Ah, you're very close because that Philly's got a little bit of that accent too when you hear it hardcore. A little oh, yeah. bit of that same yeah. Baltimore. Like they're only ninety minutes apart. Mm-hmm. So, but that's yeah, man, that's hardcore right there.
0: Oh, apparently the pony thing is just a fundraiser for the fire department. Oh, fundraiser! Yeah, oh, for the fire department. People really? come and watch the ponies swim, and then they buy stuff.
1: But they used to do it on you know they used to just do it all the time. Yeah. I don't know how the hell oh, they, they figured it out, and well, then they just wrangle them up and do it.
0: Out in the Florida Keys, they have these like two, three feet tall deer that swim from key to key. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know,
1: stunted growth, those... but they can swim their ass off. Huh? Exactly.
0: It's like the key Just deer like a pony, kind of? like yeah. the key deer, kind of. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you are talking about the key yeah, deer. Yeah, yeah. Swim the well, key Florida
1: to key. Keys. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not right. a short swim.
0: No, they can they can swim a long huh? ways, but it's I've, in the Florida Keys. It's because the vegetation is kind of sparse. You know, it's it's yeah. all sandy islands, so you got to go where the vegetation <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, where the food is.
2: If you eat out on the beach there, though, <clears throat> Little Palm Island is called Little Torch Key and Little Palm Island which has been closed now for, what, three, four years now? Yeah, ago? the hurricane messed hurricane it up. hurricane completely flattened the island. Man. So they built, it took them three, four years to rebuild. It's going to open again next, uh, I think, in January. But it's so cool because you'd be eating on the beach there, and these deer would just come right up and look at you like,
1: You going to get me something <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. I like ham sandwiches here. too, motherfucker. i would
2: stare you right in the eye. like...
1: What deer do you know in the wild getting peanut butter and jelly? (laughs)
2: Exactly. You end up just loving it, though. But, yeah, man, that area is, oh, my God, that area is gorgeous. Nobody's allowed on the island under the age of, what, 17? Really? Yeah, you can't even get on the island if you're under 17. Wow, I didn't know that. They don't want kids there. Yeah. Because kids are annoying. So you definitely run into people like a lot of big time Hollywood actors go there cuz you know nobody else can come there. Right. Unless you belong on that island you're, you, you unless you stay it's a it's a noble house resort unless you are staying there you can't come on the island.
1: It's you can you can't even just be a guest for the day or anything. Uh, probably you know? a guest for the day you probably but that's it. can't bring your kids. Wow.
2: Yeah, you cannot. And you can find somebody drinking on that island because they don't go anywhere. Either right. Just they'll walk back to their cabin. It's all cabins, too. It's not a big hotel. It's a whole
1: adult swim island, huh? Yeah, pretty. Right. it's pretty much all adult right.
2: swim island. But, yeah, it's really, really, it's something else. Honest to God, it's, it's quite the experience. I love the Keys anyway because we spend a lot of time in Florida in the winter and And you go down to, we love going down to Key West. You stop in of Mariah. You ever spend any time down there?
1: In Florida, but not in the Keys. I've yet to go to Keys. Keys, I would. I I love the water. I love the whole culture and environment and everything around people that live on the water. I love it. Yeah. We used to go crabbing all the time. That's obviously a huge thing in Maryland, but we used Mm -hmm. to go to the Y River. And the Y River. It's funny if you remember uh, Ilion Gonzalez. Remember sure. that? Absolutely. They hid him out down there um, for a they, little uh, while. Yeah, we did. didn't either until we got down there. And like, like six this years where, old. I mean, yeah, they hit him out yeah. down there for a little while. But uh, we used to go on the Y River, and my one of my dad's good friends, this, Mr. Hollis, this dude was a waterman, and he knew back into this is mid '80s, early '80s, where we would run a trot line for crabs, and we would use bull lips. You go to the butcher and you get bull lips, cut them into little, you know, chunks, and then you make your own trot line and then drop it in the water, wait a little bit. You're towing around in the boat, just letting it sink into the mud, letting the crabs get on it. Then you'll go in high tide and we'll hop out, grab some soft-shell crabs when they're molting the shell, get those because those are phenomenal. Put them in a little flour, throw them in the frying pan, straight up on a nice bun, Little tomato, lettuce, mayo, boom, eat the whole thing. It's so uh, good. It is good. But we would get, I mean, we would throw crabs back that you would buy, happily buy at a store because you're getting the best of the best. Yeah. And you were. I think you were allowed two bushel without a, a license, but we used to take milk crates to sit on and cover them with towels and just load them up <laughs> and then take them back to all the neighborhood and be like, come on, come on, come on. But there's nothing like getting up when it's dark and the sun's coming up on the water and you're oh out God, there crabbing. Yeah and you're home by 11 in the morning you know 11 in the morning take a nap and then boom you're throwing crabs on in a couple hours you got a crab feast going man that's that's it that's all what i don't need a palatial mansion i don't need anything i want a nice house on the salt water where i can throw traps in and every saturday and sunday i can go get my crabs eat my crabs get me a nice little four-wheeler and just get the hell away from everybody
2: so you eventually want to go back home
1: be, for summers. I'm not a winter guy, man. I, yeah, I, know. I don't well, mind playing in it. It's not that bad. Balls winter is it? Yeah, it's no Minnesota. You, I, I, somebody <laughs> no, told no, me no, you man. guys were negative fifty. Negative fifty. It can't get that, can that, that low. That's yeah. insane. Well, like, how do
0: your eyes not freeze over? They well eventually.
1: Negative fifty is insane. <laughs> I mean, I remember being in Baltimore at negative two, negative you know, wind chill negative five, whatever. Right, but right. You know, I, I remember uh, my old car. The doors would freeze. And the only way I could get in was the hatchback if it opened. You oh, yeah. know, it yep. was it was yep. it was too much for me. I like playing in the snow. I do not like living in the snow.
2: Ryan Sickler, ladies and gentlemen, he's at Rick Brown's House Comedy <laughs> tonight, seven thirty nine forty five. Tomorrow night seven and nine thirty. Great having you in. Thanks hey, for coming. Thank to morning you. Show thank this you,
1: morning. you all for having me. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for a having me both. All, though
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. We'll talk to you later.